you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Oh, the miracle worker is here today. I've already felt the presence of the Lord in the house today. I'm excited about what God is doing. What a great crowd we have on this Sunday morning. Give yourself a great big hand. And would you let our guests know how thankful we are to have them in the house today. Amen. We're honored that you are here today. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to begin with verse number 22 of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10 verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach a message that the Lord dropped in my spirit about three weeks ago. And I've been sitting on it for a few days. Dylan preached week before last. Gentry preached last Sunday. And today, by the help of the Lord, I want to preach a message to virtual Christians, a message to virtual Christians. Let's pray. Lord, we do need you today. We need your power and your presence. Lord, we have already sensed and felt your spirit in this room today. Lord, we've been singing about miracles, signs, and wonders, and we know, God, that you are prevalent and present. Your healing power is here. God, we trust that you have already answered prayer. We believe, God, that the answer to other prayers are already on the way. We are trusting you. We are assembled together, a people of faith, 
corporately today to worship and magnify you. I pray, God, that your anointing rests upon us and upon the preached word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, welcome to CLC. God bless you. Thank you to our online listeners that are watching today. We're so glad that you are connected with us online. We want you to connect. We live in a world that is enamored with virtual reality. Television opened the door, and as we invited it into our homes, we began to connect with the characters. The actors became household names and became part of our everyday lives. Dinner is served while peeking into the fictitious lives of Hollywood. We fall in love with the characters and learn to talk like them. We fall in love with the characters and learn to dress like them. And our lives eventually begin to play out like the soap opera and we establish values based on what has been brought into our lives and into our homes and we have become virtually attracted to it. We always become like what we worship. We have moved now into an era of video games. Grown men and women sit for hours playing video games that look and feel real. They have chairs and seats and I don't even know all the right terminology, but even the simulators that make the game feel so incredibly real. Yesterday's generation played sports while today's generation pretends to play sports by virtual means. Today's gaming scene allows the player to virtually become part of the animation. You can choose your character, the kind of shoes they wear, the jersey, the number, even your hairstyle, and play away for hours. With a click of a button, you can virtually travel to locations around the world and play in sports arenas that you have never visited. You can drive cars on racetracks that you could only imagine. You can fight wars and battles in city streets that you have never actually walked on, all by virtual reality. It's all available at the click of a mouse, and you are there. It's virtual. The animation has become so realistic that one can easily be lured into the character behind the camera. Murder, violence, and sexual acts have become acceptable in a virtual world and then we wonder why it's played out in our schools and in our society. 
these unthinkable acts of violence and murder and sexual acts that have become so acceptable until it has distorted the thoughts and the actions of many in our society. Chat rooms, social media, and even text messaging has, have taken on similar characteristics. It has all become virtual, fairy tale. The person behind the keyboard can easily forget that they are impacting more than just their own mind. Their words and their actions in interactive communication, all done virtually, all the while no one actually sees your face. You can choose a mask, an avatar, or even someone else's photo that you stole online to appear to be a different age, a different gender, or a different nationality. All to try to connect with the people that you are attempting to connect with. Virtual reality is not reality. Virtual reality is not real but it resembles the real and it is trickery of the mind and it distorts our vision causing us to eventually believe what is not real to be real. Then we attempt to live in a fictitious world as a fictitious character all make-believe brought to you by virtual means. This spirit, I fear, has moved slowly and gradually and methodically into the church. We have duplicated church until it has become a place of virtual worship. We have traded entertainment for that which is holy. We allow the praise singers, the praise team, the choir, the musicians, and a select few who will parade themselves across the front of the room to lead the rest of the room into virtual worship while we sit and watch what is actually going on. I grew up when we actually sang the songs, and clapped our hands. When dancing in the spirit was all right, when taking a lap around the church was all right, it wasn't virtual. It was personal. But it's not personal until we step out and step in and say, hey, I'm going to get involved. I came to church with a predisposition that I'm going to worship regardless how I feel, regardless what I'm going through, regardless what I'm battling in my mind, in my spirit, or in my flesh. I came to the house of God not to be a virtual worshiper, but to give him my best, to offer a sacrifice of praise. Come on, somebody. You ought to not wait for me to finish this message for you to engage into real apostolic worship and praise.
Glory. We have replaced virtual responses of heartfelt repentance. It has been dumbed down to just a little whisper moving quickly to the dance. I still believe that repentance ought to come by way of the altar. We live in a society that feels like we can have church without having God. We move God out of the equation. We can sing without ever really having a song in our heart. We can dance without really having joy in our heart. The virtual is gradually replacing the real. I look around this room today and see a group of young people and see children scattered through this room and see young adults all over this building today. I want to take you back just a little bit today to a time when the church prayed until something happened. We'll never be able to sing until something happens. I love the song. I love music as much as any of you. I love to sing as much as any of you. But I'm going to tell you there is nothing that will replace getting on location with God in the prayer room. We were talking this week about our apostolic moving of the Spirit. And somebody said, you know what is missing? I'll tell you what is missing. It is that we are not getting on our face before God and praying until we pray through and pray beyond feelings and emotions and everything that is happening around us and declare God is alive and on the throne and in control. I long to get back to the old-fashioned apostolic moving of the Spirit of God where miracles, signs, and wonders are expected and anticipated. Oh, we are an animated church and we know how to play the part. But I fear that some may be missing that which is real. I'm glad that I found real salvation. I'm never going to be satisfied with some temporary fix. With just a little talk with Jesus. With just a song that stirs me for a moment. But I'm glad I found a salvation that reached all the way down from the sole of my feet and all the way up to the top of my head, changed my life, 
Turn me around. I'm glad I know what truth is. I'm glad I know what the Bible says about repentance, about salvation, about holy living, about separation from the world, about praise and worship, about mercy and grace, about loving our neighbor, about reaching our world. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know what the word of God is. And I'm glad I'm part of a church that is not willing to trade the virtual for that which is real. You're in a room today with some people that are shouting, that are worshiping, that are praising because they believe what I'm preaching and are not willing to sell out the real for that which is virtual and make believe. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It was good for my grandpa and my grandma and my mom and my dad and it's good enough for me. What's real, pastor? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The people on the outside saw what was going on on the inside and they began to question, men and brethren, what must we do? And Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you this day and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken. As ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Not virtually, but I will pour it out upon all flesh. Not make believe, not fake, not simulated church. Real, 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 real. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what must we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and unto your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This is real. It was real at the day of Pentecost and it's still real today. When this message hit Azusa Street, 
in Los Angeles, California. It spread like wildfire. Annette and I visited Azusa Street a few years ago. I was very disappointed to find out that all that remains are just some street signs. And there on that street sign, it simply said this is where the Pentecostal movement began before spreading around the world. But it's disappointing because what once was is no more. Right near that sign, just a few feet away from that sign was the front door of a building that was for lease. My wife was trying to get me to lease the building. I guess by a jet plane, I don't know. And starting the Azusa Street Mission right there. What once was is no more. That must never be said about this apostolic Pentecostal way. It certainly must never be said about Christian Life Church. We must never trivialize the importance of collected in-person in person worship and lose the sense of the sacredness of prayer and worship and the preaching of the Word. It simply does not relate virtually. For fear of being misunderstood, let me give my side note. I am in no way preaching at or preaching to anyone and certainly not preaching to those elders or those sick or those in the midst of COVID testing. Thank you for staying home today. I'm in no way pointing fingers at anyone today. I'm just preaching what God put on my heart. But I'm telling you that what was intended to just be a blessing to us temporarily will never sustain the church over the long haul. I was with one of our esteemed elders having lunch a couple of weeks ago and he said to me, Brother Jordan, I'm worried. I'm worried because so many are finding new innovative ways to have online church. I'm, I'm afraid that they're never going to want to come back to corporate worship like we one time have known. He said there's got to be some men of courage, some men that will stand up. There's got to be some churches that say, hey, this is what's working. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together in the manner of some is, even so much the more as we see the day approaching. We can't emulate the sacredness virtually of a real convicting move of the Spirit in the altars. And we are doing God and the moving of the Spirit disservice if we even try. If we're not careful, we'll become one of those who can't or shouldn't or find a reason to not be physically present. I know we are in troublesome times, but this is not time to step back from this Holy Ghost experience.
but it's time to step forward. Someone said to me the other day, as a matter of fact, more than one, I've had multiple people including some of my ministry friends that I've talked to on the phone that said, I fear that we're never going to get back to where we were before COVID hit. Stop that faithless talk. The church survived 400 years underground when there wasn't anything even written about what was going on in the church. But we came out the other side victorious. We're certainly going to survive a little virus that is making some people sick and even taking a few lives. But it's not going to stop the church of the living God. We're going to come back stronger, wiser, more passionate, and more aware of the end time. Because ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, look around you. The coming of the Lord is soon. Gabriel is standing at attention. The trumpet is to his lips, and he's about to blow. The sound of the trumpet is going to call the church home. You better get your family saved. You better get your neighborhood saved. You better get your friends saved. You better do your work in ministry now. We don't have time to play church. We don't have time to let one week pass us by without being passionate about what God is doing. Come on, men and women. Keep teaching Bible studies. Keep baptizing people in Jesus' name. Keep having breakthrough altar calls. Keep worshiping. These are the last days. The church isn't about to close. As a matter of fact, the church has never shut its doors. When we went online, I never one time said you can't come to church. And I don't think we ever had one service that we didn't have visitors come in and sit through the church service. I just didn't want to create a spread of a pandemic in the event that it hit. But we've never missed a week without having service. I wish some of you could have been here. If you want to know why, I'll fight you over this team that's on this platform. You want to fight out of me, touch my family, or touch these people on this platform? You want to know why? Because I was here when we had to turn out the lights to make it dark because there wasn't hardly anybody in the room. And when the cameras went off, we came down here to the front and had altar call and spoke in tongues and praised and worshiped God. It's not about the stage. It's not about the lights. It's not about a microphone. I'm going to tell you about this group that's on this platform leading us in worship. I'm going to tell you about the ministry team of this church. They are a sold out group of people that believe this apostolic message and they are determined that our best days are not behind us, but our best days are still ahead. We're not going virtual. We're going real. We're going to be more real than we've ever been. More apostolic than we We've ever been. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Read what's happening all over the world. Mainstream denominations 
are speaking with other tongues and receiving the Holy Ghost in their church services. Come on, we can't be ashamed about what we have. We can't be ashamed about this truth. Angels desire to look into this precious gift. It's time for the church to be more on fire than we have ever been. Gone are the days of meaningless religious virtual ritualism. Gone are the days of church as usual. We don't need more religious formalism. We need the power of the Holy Ghost to transform individuals, to change lives. We don't need more virtual Christians. We need people that are alive and on fire fire and sensitive to the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. I saw a woman vexed with a devil set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. I witnessed a man that could not hear and could not speak completely healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I have seen cancer healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Even right here in this room, some of you could stand as a witness of the healing power of God over cancer, over kidney disease, over lupus. Some of you ought to have been divorced a long time ago, but God came on the scene and His power and His Spirit put your marriage back together. Don't tell me the days of miracles are over. Keep on singing he's a miracle worker because I know him as my miracle worker. Listen, if you've never experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, I want you to know that God's got the power to set you free. Somebody could get the blessing you've been looking for today. But it's not going to happen with a virtual mentality. You're going to have to step into the flow of what God is doing. The Holy Ghost is a river. It's like a current. You can't sit on the sideline and expect the current to do any good. But you've got to get plugged in. You've got to step into the water. You've got to dive into the deep end. You've got to step from where you are, get out of the virtual mentality, and say, I'm going to worship. I know it doesn't feel comfortable at first. But when I begin to lift my hands, when I begin to shout to the Lord, it'll become a little easier and a little easier and a little easier. Some of you would love to be able to make a lap around this building like Brother McCree made a few minutes ago. You know what's preventing you? You. That's all. You. You want to make a lap around this building? Somebody ought to step out and make a lap. You may start out the first few steps in the flesh, but the Spirit will take over, and before you're done, you'll be running in the Holy Ghost. Somebody wants to dance, you ought to get out in the aisle and pick up one foot and put it down until the real flows through you. There's overcoming power in this house. There's victory in this house. There's salvation in this house. There's a miracle in this house. I know some of you have been trying it your way, but I dare you to step out of the virtual and get engaged today and see what God will do in your life.
This could be your opportunity. This could be your opportunity for God to do for you what you've been wanting him to do. You've been praying for a long time. Your victory could be in this room on this Sunday morning. I've got a word to virtual Christians. It has never worked virtually and it won't start today. You're going to have to engage. Don't forsake assembly. Well, I'm here, Pastor. No, no, no. You can be here and not be engaged. This message is about engaging in what God is wanting to do. You know what you got to do? You got to step out and you got to step in. Listen, what's happening in this room? The angels. <laughs> The angels are looking over the balcony of heaven today saying, I wish, I would desire to look into what's going on in that room today because there's a miracle for somebody here today. There's healing for somebody today. There's the infilling of the Holy Ghost for somebody today. Come on, God can turn it around for you today. You can't substitute somebody else's worship, but you've got to engage yourself. You've got to put your own hands together. You've got to open your own mouth. You've got to lift your own voice. You can't hire a preacher to do your praying. You're going to have to pray for yourself. Listen, Esau sold his birthright for something to satisfy him momentarily. Just for a moment. He traded, Brother Bolin, that which was an eternal heritage and blessing for something just to satisfy him for a few short hours. Don't ever trade in what we've done around here, our virtual online services, our online prayer meetings, they're all good. They're needed. They've worked for a season. But don't trade what is meant to be a temporary blessing, a temporary meal, a momentary blessing for that which is eternal. We've got to get back to church. We've got to get back to the house of God. We've got to get back in the presence of God. We've got to get back to prayer. We've got to get back to worship. We've got to get back to revival. We've got to get back to reaching the lost. Come on, somebody. Why don't you just get lost in the Holy Ghost a few minutes? Why don't you just worship Him for yourself? Don't rely on this music. Don't rely on this preacher. Just engage for yourself. There's refreshing for somebody. There is the Holy Ghost for somebody. Come on, don't let fear stop you today. Get engaged. Engage in what God is doing right now.
I want you to understand what just happened. Ten minutes ago, it was spontaneous. Now, you just moved into what we always do at the close of a service. We come forward, we smile, we clap our hands to the rhythm, and we look around to see if somebody, if one or two, are going to come forward to jump in to the troubling of the water. But we stand waiting for somebody else. We stand virtually waiting for it to be somebody else. Right now, I want you to block out everybody in this room. Close your eyes if you have to. Shut out everything around you from the front of the room to the back of the room. And let's just engage in some worship now. Come on, just you and God. Just you and God. Come on, if you need some help to break through, run up here to the front of this building. We're going to lay hands on you and the Holy Ghost is going to fall. You need something from God today. You need a healing. Run up here to the front of this room. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait.
Come on, some of you young men that aren't social distancing. Why don't you link up? Some of you young ladies that have been hanging out anyway, why don't you go ahead and link up right now? Let's pray one for another. Let's break through together. Come on, there's victory in the house for somebody today. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yes, 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 yes. church there's some folks that need a breakthrough right now there's some folks that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now there's some folks that want to pray back through there's some folks that are interceding for a miracle in their life come on let's engage a few more moments you don't have to come back tonight we got one shot at this today let God do it right now while the water is troubled come on somebody all over the building everybody participate if you can't get close to somebody just extend a hand toward them